Okay, hi, and welcome to another episode of my podcast. It's been a while, mostly just because, like, I get these. Oh, I'm like staring at a mosquito, and it's like so menacing. But it's like on the windshield of my car, and I'm just sitting in my car, but still, like, doesn't know I'm in here. Anyways, um, yeah, like, I've been in certain moods where I'm like, I need to record a podcast. And then it, you know, goes away and I never do it. And I've just been putting it off just because, like, there has been so much I've been wanting to talk about, but mostly it's been centered around a lot of guys and my experience with guys. And it's just like, I'm, I don't know, I feel like I constantly just talk about guys and, like, how seeking male validation has fucked me up, you know, and it's, like, a constant struggle, and this and that, whatever, like, blah, and blah, blah. Anyways, I mean, there's multiple things I want to address and stuff, like, I don't know, whatever, but I do just want to, like, start off with, like, how I'm currently doing, I hope you guys are doing well, and everyone's new year is starting off not weird or bad, you know, I mean, like, I know things are weird and uncertain and not great overall, but I hope everyone's relatively okay, you know, despite all that. Anyways, like, I, you know, like, talked about how I was struggling because my, I was off my hormones and it was only time when I was going to start, like, withdrawing. And I think I mentioned that I was feeling some withdrawal from, you know, like, being on a regular regimen of, like, hormone replacement therapy. And, like, I was really impressed with how long my body lasted without the needed um, shots of estradiol. Like, I was getting by with taking progesterone and... There's another one, I can't pronounce it, and I don't want to just because I'm going to slaughter it. But it starts with a B by culetamide, by culetamide, something like that. Anyways, um, it was when I first switched to the endo I had, she had me do that instead of Spyro because she's just like, Spyro's not great for your depression especially if you're really struggling with depression, you know. So she had me switch to that, and I liked it. Like, I really liked it as a substitute to Spyro, but I don't think it's as strong as, like, you know, weaning down your production of testosterone because I've noticed the two times I've had, like, there's the two times a few years ago, and then recently i you know, experience, like, major withdrawal, and, yeah, like, I was 25 years old a few years ago, and that's when I, everything was just going bad, like, I got off my hormones, I was really struggling, my cousin was like, you can't be in my wedding because you're a tranny, and that was, like, devastating for me, especially because I just was withdrawing, and, I was, like, struggling and drinking a lot, and I got a DUI, and then 
Well, actually, just as I, I had gotten back on my hormones and I've started to like see the silver and lining and think everything's gonna be okay, like I ended up getting a DUI <laughs> because like I went out one weekend and I was just like I should celebrate. Like, it's not like I was intentionally like I'm gonna get fucked up because I'm back on my hormones. You know, like everything's okay. Like my body was still adjusting to being back on hormones and I still didn't feel 100%, but I remember just being excited to go out that night and I was out with my coworker and I had just worked a shift and I changed into a dress and I was wearing boots and it was like the end of January, which it's been three years since my DUI, it's about to be three years since that whole ordeal happened and I don't know it was just like I can't remember if it was a I'm pretty sure it was a Friday night and it was just like not exciting or anything crazy you know like my friend and I were sitting at the bar and it was like nine or ten and nobody was really out like it wasn't the same crowd as usual like it was somewhat you know like it just you know like it wasn't the same crowd we can sense it like I don't know what was going on but just not many people were out that night and my friend and I were like what do we do we're kind of like bored So that's when I was just like, I'm just going to drink until I'm having fun. And that's where I went wrong, you know. And I mean, I think I had like a total of five drinks that night. And I, I paced myself for the, like the two or three that I had. And then the last two, I kind of, you know, like just down them or whatever. But I remember like waiting an hour before we were like okay let's just like call it a night and going and my friend she was just like are you okay to drive because she also had been drinking and she was gonna drive back home too but I don't think she had as many drinks as I did like I'm pretty sure she didn't so she was just like I'm okay like I'm not feeling anything you know and I was like I knew I was like tipsy or drunk and I was just like no, I just have a little buzz. Like, I have Gatorade in the car. Like, I'll be fine. And then I just remember I was like, okay, like, I know the way home. This is fine. Like, you've driven home a little buzz before. You've, like, gotten stoned and somehow made your way back home, too. And everything's been fine. And you just, I was like, you know the way home. Like, you'll be okay. And I even, like, put the directions in my, like, navigation or, like, Apple Maps, whatever. So Siri could, like, tell me when to turn or whatever. And I did that, but despite even doing that, that's where I, like, went wrong. Like, I instantly got on the road, and then I was, like, at the light, waiting for it to turn green so I can turn left. And it was a one-way, so you can only go left. But... For some reason, I just turned right and I went with it. And I'm like, this is a one way. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is such a fuck up. And like, that's when I was like, I need to correct myself. So 
I drove a little bit down. I got lucky. There was nobody on the road. It was empty, you know? And I, like, was in front of a school, and I was like, I can just pull into the parking lot here and, you know, just turn around. Like, it's just a quick turnaround. Like, nobody saw me. I'm fine. Like, and then as soon as I pulled over to turn around, that's when a police siren or the lights went off because there was a highway patrol hiding in the alley, and that's how they got me, you know. And they're like, and I was like, fuck, I'm going to get a DUI. You know, there's no way I can avoid this situation. Like, I know it. Like, even if I had to do a sobriety test, I'm not going to pass it. And they were like, we, and they're like, yeah, have you been drinking? I was just like, yeah, I have. And then they're like, how many drinks? And I was just like, I don't know, like three, four, five. And. You know, like, they were like, we need you to do a sobriety test. And I was just like, at first I got out to do it. But then I'm like, I can't walk in a street. Like, I cannot do it, you know. And it's crazy because, like, I trained myself to be able to walk in a straight line for years. But not because I wanted to pass the sobriety test. It was because I was obsessed with America's Next Top Model. And I had in my mind that, like, if you walk in a straight line you're going to be good at runway regardless. But I was probably a horrible walker and whatever. I didn't even try to walk in a straight line. I was just like, no, like I'm not doing it, you know? And then they were like, well, will you do the breathalyzer? And I was just like, am I allowed to say no? Like, what are my, like, what can I do here? Like, how do I go about this? That would be, be most beneficial to me, you know, because I was already thinking, like, I'm going to go to jail, and I'm going to be put in with all the men, like, they don't care if I'm trans, they don't care how possible I might be, or that I just, like, struggled, and I was withdrawing, and whatever, like, they don't care about my personal stuff, like, they don't care about my gender, gender identity, you know, these guys are cops, you know, But anyways, yeah, like, I submitted to the breathalyzer, and it took me, like, three tries to finally get it down because it was just so hard. Like, breathing for as long as they want you to blow into that, it, like, gets you out of breath, especially if you're not in shape, you know? So I was, like, trying not to die and breathing into this breathalyzer and... All I did, though, was record me at 0.08, which is exactly the illegal limit. And I thought it was, like, a lot worse because I thought I heard, like, 0.0116. I thought it was double. I thought it was, like, 16 or, like, 86, something, like, crazy. Like, I thought, and I thought that was, like, not crazy either because I'm, like, it's, Enough to get me arrested, you know. So, yeah, I blew a 0.08. And, yeah, and that's how I got my DUI. And, yeah, they took me downtown and I spent the night in jail. At first, they put me in with the women. But then, as it started getting more crowded, they were like, 
we don't know where to put you, but we still want you to be safe. So they just put me in isolation, which was miserable because it was freezing. And I just felt like I was still being mistreated somehow because I was isolated, you know? But I think it was, like, to my benefit, even though I hated it. And I just, like, couldn't sleep. And I just sat and laid there in my cell and... At some point, they, like, brought me something to eat, but it was, like, so depressing, and I, like, just managed to, like, chew on some carrot, baby carrots, and that was the whole thing, you know? And then they released me in the morning, and the cops were nice enough to, like, park my car at a business nearby, so my car didn't get towed, and I just, like, drove home like I didn't even call anybody I didn't tell anybody what was going on like oh I remember I did tell my friend I'm about to get a DUI and then that morning when I was driving home my friend had just messaged me and I told her I just got a DUI and she was just like you're such a dumb bitch you know it's just like a slap in the face that I deserved, but I felt was very harsh at the time because I'm like, you're the literally the first person I just told. And this is a response I got, you know, like, I don't have good people in my life, but I'm still friends with that person and whatever, like, that is its own story itself, you know. Anyways, I got way off topic and I didn't think I was going to explain or talk about that whole situation, but... I'm in such a different place compared to that. Like, I've still struggled aside from that. And I don't know, like, my year ended really strangely. And then it started off pretty weird, too. Like, there was just weird vibes all around. And um, I still think there's weird vibes. But I'm trying to, like, push through and, like, do the make right the right choices. Like I'm trying to make smart choices that I know are just gonna make my life better. And I don't want that to sound like so generic or like oversimplified. But that's where my head's head's at, you know, like I don't know. Today was my first class, my first day of classes, and um it wasn't as bad as I thought. And I think I have a feeling that this semester is just going to go smoothly in a sense. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some stuff I struggle with, but I'm hoping it's not bad or anything. I hope I just get through it and everything's okay. Anyway, I mean, I, I like my professor and like, I haven't like met the other professor to the other class I'm taking, but. Whatever, I think it's just going to be an online class. I think, maybe, whatever. And it'll be okay, you know, whatever. I'm, yeah, I'm like, I know I'm not, it's not going to be, I'm not, I don't want to be a downer. Anyways, like, I just wanted to talk about how Earlier, I was on the phone with my ex, and this ex was, like, someone who was, like, technically long distance. Uh, We were never, like, physically intimate, but I felt like the way 
he came into my life. It was just very catastrophic. Like we were both very damaging to one another and somehow like we've, I've let him come back into my life and allowed myself to think that we can be friends, even though I, I don't think that's possible. Like earlier, it was just like a random conversation and like he mostly talked about himself and then like once it was time for me to talk, he just like ended up cutting me short and had to go. And I feel like that's just how most of our conversations have always been. Like he's always talking about himself. And then I talk a little bit about myself. And then once I do, like he loses interest or something comes up and then he's like gone and whatever. But our relationship was just very like, toxic and somewhat codependent and very clingy and I don't know it was just like stemming from both of us being in a bad place you know but luckily it was long distance and like the destruction was minimal you know it was more of a emotional turmoil thing not actually physical Like, he wasn't physically in my life. I mean, he was in a sense. But it was, like, through my phone, you know. And it was crazy because, like, I knew from the beginning it wasn't good. And there was even some time where I was just like, should I get out of this? I don't think this is good. And I remember, like, FaceTiming my friends. And we were talking for a few hours and, like, this is when, like, things started falling apart because I was used to consistently talking to this guy, my ex, um, Alex, and he is just, like, always on my ass, like, always checking in on me, always talking. If we weren't on the phone, he was, like, texting me. And this time it was more, like, He, I thought, like, oh, it's getting healthy because, like, he's giving me space and I don't hear from him as much. But I felt like something was wrong, you know. And as I was talking to my friends, I was like, I feel so much better that I'm not constantly having to hear from him. Like, I feel like I shifted into, like, what my reality should be and is not worrying about a guy and not feeling like, something's wrong, you know, like, and I don't know, and I even thought, like, I should just stop talking to him, like, even if it's, like, just abrupt, or, like, I ghost him, like, I just need to drop the situation, and it's, you know, it's long distance, it's not even ideal, like, I don't want to be in a long distance relationship, and the only reason I kept entertaining it was because we both were saying, like, this isn't going to be long distance, we're only going to talk for, like, three to four months and then we're going to meet in person and then see how things go from there, you know? And eventually if things work out, we'll move in together. And that was like the whole goal. And it was just like, I was really depressed and I just, that was like the hope I was holding on to during this 
part of the pandemic and just feeling so alone. And then, like, I realized that things weren't going great. And then he had, like, told me from the beginning that he had struggled with addiction in the past. But he just made it sound like it was so long ago and it was just never going to happen again. And he was in such a different place. But, like, he relapsed. And I don't know if I was an issue or, like, it was multiple things or you know, like a combination of whatever, but he relapsed and he just started ignoring me and talking to me less and less. And I, but he made it seem like he was having a family issue. And that's the reason he was just talking less and less to me. And he was like, I don't like to be in a bad mood and talk to you because it makes me feel bad, you know? And that's how he put it. But it was really because he was like getting high and not wanting me to catch on to things and part of it was like I was so naive about it too because I was just like avoiding the signs you know like I was just ignoring the red flags I was literally just like "Mm, I think this is a red flag but I'm not gonna assume it is I'm gonna hope for the best and yeah like it just got worse and then we fell out and that like whole experience for some reason devastated me and it was just hard to grapple with because I already felt so alone and isolated and I didn't feel like I had a sense of community and I was just like this sucks like I really wanted to be in a relationship and it didn't work out and And then on top of that, like, I know he's also struggling with addiction and I feel awful because I'm like, I'm not even there to help him, you know, like I can't be of any help. And then I hooked up with someone else and now he knows about it. And, um, and then I still lingered and tried to talk to him and like, he tried to make me jealous and talk to other girls and he flaunted it and that hurt me even more and like we had some mutual online friends and that whole situation didn't help and um it was just a bizarre thing where I like think back and I'm like that shouldn't have happened like I'm so embarrassed it happened but it happened and that's just something that happened to me during the pandemic but it's like every other person was going through their own thing you know and like some people were in worse situations and some people might have been in similar situations and but the reality is in a sense I was relatively safe because I was out of harm's way you know it wasn't like a physical relationship it wasn't in person I was in danger of like his drugs and his habits and whatever else was going on and the people he was associating with like it was just all separated from me you know but I do feel now that I have a better understanding of addiction and those who struggle with it. And I don't know, it's just like an important thing for me. And I guess I like, I'm more empathetic towards that situation because I've also struggled, you know, with drinking and have using drink alcohol to cope with whatever I'm going through, you know, 
And like specifically with my ex, it was like heroin, opioids, um, yeah, like pills and I don't know. But aside from that, like I know there's like good in him and there's just this connection that I can't like forget. Like I know in some way we're still compatible. Like he, I do find him to be funny and attractive still. Like, and I think in a sense he still cares about me but not really like I'm not convinced because I think maybe he's like a total narcissist and he just like likes to reel me back in because it's like a ego boost to him you know and then once he's like good and done with that ego boost like I'm tossed aside again you know because there's been times where like he acts like he's interested in me again And I'm like, I don't know, you know? But then, as soon as I get my hopes back up where I'm, like, enjoying the conversations we're having or just, like, the contact, like, he'll just go quiet again. And then he'll come back, like, two weeks or a month later. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I was talking to another girl. And then it just turns out I wasn't into her. And I'm like, you're such an asshole, you know? Like, you just tossed me aside for any other girl. And we're, like, supposed to be friends. Like, I'm not supposed to be your romantic interest. You know, you're allowed to have a romantic interest, especially if it's in person. And I'm okay with that, you know? I think maybe I'm not. Maybe I might get jealous. Whatever. Aside from that, I do know he's allowed to live his own life and make his own choices and be around who he Whoever he wants. And I mean, ultimately, I want him to be happy and safe. But I still think he's an asshole. And I think I deserve better. You know, I I know I deserve better. Anyways, like, that's the background info on him. And, yeah, like, he called me earlier. And I was just like, I don't even know if I should, like, have a conversation with him. And it was just, like, so short. But... It surprised me because this time he just sounded like so intuitive and informative and well-tuned with what he was talking about. And he was just talking to me about his work. And it just seemed like things have turned around work-wise for him and like he seems to be doing well. And I'm glad for him, but... Like, I don't think he gives a fuck what's going on in my life. Like, I think he could care less, you know, and it sucks because I think he, in a way, like, feels bad for me because I'm not, like, so well put together and I have had my own issues. Like, every time I told him, like, I'm really struggling with my depression and you haven't made it any better, like, I had... Like, I think our experience together made my anxiety and interactions with men a lot more. Like, there's been an alteration to it, you know? Like, I'm much more unhinged and 
I, it's like certain being around certain guys is a lot more triggering now. Like I just can't hold back. I can't. Like I'm a lot more sensitive. I feel, and I think it's part of like what we went through together, and just like me still trying to empathize and be there for him in some way, even though it was like damaging to me. You know, like I really try to be a good person and be there for him. And I don't think he cared because he was in a way like incapable because like his senses were all just like warped because of his addiction, you know? And it's just like, this is my own rambling, by the way. Like, I don't know anything for sure. Do I 100% understand substance abuse and addiction? No. Like, do I 100% know who Alex is? and all his motives and everything he's gone through and how he goes about through in the world. No, like I not confident, you know, and, but based on my experience and everything, you know, like I'm just speaking on that. I'm not trying to generalize just, you know, to clarify, but yeah, like I, I think he's a very self-motivated and self-involved kind of guy. He's even told me before, like, I'm super cheap. And I, like, I hate that. Like, I hate cheap guys. I don't like to be around people who buy something because it's a cheaper choice. I definitely believe in quality over a price, you know? Like, I sometimes go out and stuff. And I don't even look at prices because I, if I know what I want and I know I like it, I'm going to get it regardless of the price, whether it went up or not, whether it's pricier compared to other things. Like, yes, there's certain stuff where I like look into it and I'm like, oh, this cheaper product is just as good as the more expensive brand. But the only reason I will like, settle for that or like choose that cheaper product is because it is just as good and the quality of it is just as good you know like it's the same essentially so like yeah that's when I will like go down to their cheaper price item but overall like if I enjoy something and I know it's of good quality I'm gonna get it I don't care if it's a splurge I don't like, if I can't even afford it at the time, I'm going to save up and get it, you know? Like, I'm going to get it somehow. And that's just how I am with the stuff. Like, the clothes I wear, I'd rather go thrift shopping for something of quality that's lasted or shop something that's on sale that's a quality product. And I just feel lucky that it's on sale, you know, as opposed to paying full price. And then there's... When I have the money, I'll buy things at full price. And I don't feel guilty about it. Even if it leaves me broke, you know, I'm just like, I'm fine with this. (laughs) But with all that said too, I'm not the most responsible person with money. Like I have definitely struggled. And I think that this year, that's where I'm like trying to be more responsible and not put myself in situations where I'm like flat out broke is what I'm saying. You know, like I'm, being, I'm trying to be self-conscious or conscious enough and like 
aware that I know I'm going to be okay. And that's just also an issue with my phone, too, which is, like, I broke the phone I've been using, which is, like, an iPhone 11 Max or something. iPhone 11 Pro Max, something like that. Anyways, like, I just picked it up earlier, and I realized it's huge. Like, I don't know why I've had that phone and why I've been carrying it around. But it's huge, and unfortunately, it's broken, and I can't even use it. And so I, like, downgraded to an old phone that I had. That works relatively okay, but it dies, and it has certain issues. And for a temporary phone, it's okay now. And I'm, like, trying, and I'm telling myself, like, you'll save up and get your phone fixed. But for now, you have to deal with it. Because, like, I'm, like, under my family's plan, and... But still, it costs two fifty to get my phone fixed, and I just don't have like a spare two hundred fifty. So I'm gonna have to. I'm saving up for it, you know. Or that's the plan. But I'm saving up for it. Anyways, um, yeah, I was just like, this happened. I'm like bummed out that it happened. My conversation with Alex, and I don't know. It's just weird. It was like nice to hear from him, but then also. I don't know. It's just like the other day he was like, we've like messaged a little bit here and back and forth, but it's been very sporadic. And one of the last messages he sent me was just like, I love you. You know, like, you know, like, it was just like, you know, I love you. Like, what the heck? And, and I'm like, do you even like feel that way towards me? Or do you just like, like taking advantage of my kindness and you feel like you should say I love you or that you think you have those feelings for me because I'm like genuinely a nice person you know and you everyone else has like cut you off to their like kindness or to their own you know like he's used up Like, other people have reached their limits with him, you know. Because I also think, like, his substance abuse is, like, a back-and-forth thing. Where, like, over the holidays, he was, like, very honest about things. He was just like, I'm really struggling right now. And I've, like, been taking Xanax to compensate or, like, get me through the holiday season. Because it's a tough time for me. And... I was like, I hear you, and I feel so bad, you know, but you know it's not the answer, you know? And But I did step away, and I was just like, I can't be, like, hearing from you, knowing that you're, like, getting high off Xanax. Like, it's not healthy for me. So I just, I didn't communicate with him, and I took a step back, but I didn't cut him off, you know, like, he still occasionally talks to me, but I think I should. Like, I think I'm at the point where I'm, like, even if the situation gets better and, like, he finds himself to be in a better place and he's doing well, like, it's not my place to be there with him anymore. Like, I think even being friends isn't beneficial to me anymore either. Because I think I'm always going to, like, have a little spark 
for for him, you know, especially because it's like a what if situation, you know, it's like, what if it did happen? Like, what if we were together and we were happy, you know? But I don't think I would have been happy with him because I think he would have been making me settle for cheap things and I would have been miserable in that relationship, you know, like wearing cheap shoes, having to wear cheap clothes, cheap makeup. Like, no. And that's the scary thing about it too is that I like would tell myself, you can be with this guy and have your own job and like provide for yourself and be independent. But he was like very like, if we're together, I'm going to take care of you. Like, I don't want you to work. And that's why I thought, like, we're going to have, like, this conflict. And eventually he's going to be like, you can't have a job if you're going to be with me. And, you know, he would have gave me that ultimatum. Because he won't, He would I think he would have had, he wanted that power over me. And I think that was, like, a deal breaker. You know, if I didn't give in to that power that um if I wasn't subservient enough it would not have worked out for him you know and I think that's just like part of like other issues he struggles with you know like his insecurities and whatever but anyways um yeah I just wanted to talk about that just because it put me in a weird funk but I don't know. There's other issues I have to deal with. Like, I've been okay. Like, I'm back on my hormones. I managed to figure it out. But I feel awful. And I'm, like, so dehydrated. And I don't know if it's because my body is adjusting to being back on, like, estrogen and trying to suppress testosterone again. Like, I'm not fully back to where I should be like right now I'm in this weird in between zone where it's like I'm lactating from both breasts because I'm somehow over producing estrogen but I'm producing enough testosterone that I feel like I'm experiencing the symptoms of a boy's puberty you know and it sucks because I feel sexually frustrated and I don't know if I'm getting these bursts of energy because it's like the testosterone, you know, and I feel like that's very ugly. And my back feels like braille because when I was a teenager, I literally struggled with like the worst case of like back knee. And right now it's not so bad, but like my skin isn't smooth like it should be. Like my legs are smooth. And if I shave my arms, they're smooth. But my back, it just feels gross. It feels like I have to take a loofah and scrub everything off of it because I feel like I have zits on my back and I'm over, I'm still a bit oily, you know, like if I don't wear primer, I'm a huge oily mess. And even with primer, you know, there's still oiliness. Like earlier I washed my hair because I can't even skip a day or else my scalp gets so oily it's like repulsive like it's just disgusting but even that even despite all this bullshit like I know it's gonna be okay and I'm gonna get back on track with the way my body should be on hormone replacement therapy you know the 
way my body should be is the most feminine it could be. And that's when I feel most comfortable. And even if it means that my sex drive is suppressed and or I have no sex drive at all, you know, and I am emotional or like not very emotional, whatever, like, as long as everything's good, like my body's healthy and my level hormone levels are as where they should be, I'm good, you know. But I hate this weird in between zone and luckily I haven't been giving into like my sexual frustration. I've been avoiding guys, especially because I don't feel attractive. And that's also something I'm struggling with right now. And having an old phone that's broken too, like, it's so much easier to, like, not take photos of myself. And every guy who's, like, trying to talk to me based on my looks is not interested either right now because I'm not sending out a bunch of photos or posting photos of myself. And then they're like, I'm bored. I'm not... I have no interest in you if you're not constantly posting photos of yourself, you know? So it's like, were you ever truly interested in me? No. And that's the reality of how shallow and lame people can be, you know? So anyways, this has gone on longer than I thought. And there's more I want to and I need to talk about. That will come along. That will come over the next couple of days. So I really got to pee and I'm just sitting in my car. So I'm going to go back inside and do my thing. So yeah, um, if you've gotten this far, I really appreciate your time. And I hope you have a good rest of your day or night. And, you know, be easy on yourself. Because we're all going through it in some way or another. I think most people. I mean, rich people, not so much. Whatever. There's, I don't really have a point to make. Bye.